You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Next, Cinema Geekly's NXT companion podcast. It is Anthony and Jacqueline back talking another episode of NXT, which stands for nothing, as far as I know, actually. I, <laughs> this is a common question. What does NXT okay. stand for? And I think it's, uh, I think when NXT started, it was like maybe 2000. I'm going to show how not smart I am about this, but. Maybe eight, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I don't know when uh, they thought the cool idea. Now this is actually not a two thousand and eight idea or whenever this show started originally. This is really uh-huh. more of a two thousands idea or like a late nineties idea. Was it no vowels? Yeah, it's just next. Yeah, but yep, NXT like corn where they they flipped the R around in their logo to be cool. Um, yeah. and spelled corn with a K. It's a relic oh. from that time. Okay. Um, <laughs> where everybody put Z at the end of words like boys. Got it. Okay. I'm back. I got it. Yeah. I understand now. <laughs> Maybe the X stands for extreme. Who knows? But probably <laughs> all I know is that it doesn't stand for anything. Uh, this is episode 472. Luckily, they've kind of moved beyond... Uh, it's a, they're, they're three good letters to chant. And while the letters may not mean anything, at least there's meaning behind the events of the show each week. That's uh, true. And that's there is here. a plot. Yeah. That's what we're here to talk about. Uh, no match to open the show this week. Uh, nope. Tommaso Ciampa, in fact, opens the show. And, uh, the first thing he has to do is self-congratulate and talks about he much, how much he loves his belt he hugs mm-hmm. it very tightly, and he talks about how great his entrance music is. He says it's the greatest ever, which yeah. is debatable. Yep. I think there might be better theme songs. But at least he likes it. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's the first step. Uh, mm-hmm. lo- loving yourself, and actually, you know, it's the second step. Loving yourself is the first step. Loving your entrance theme, I think, is the, uh, the second most important part in somebody... Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> discovering who they are as a person. And then the third is letting your merchandise be sold. <laughs> yes. One day, Champa, one day. I'm I'm still stuck at number one. I haven't found a theme music <laughs> yet to love about myself. So uh, he calls out Velveteen Dream. So it seems that uh your your dream, in fact, Jacqueline, is coming true. Yes. Uh this Velveteen Champa feud. So So great. Dream comes down to the ring for a confrontation, and they have a heated discussion. They insult mm-hmm. each other back and forth, but then the belt speaks to Ciampa, and <laughs> the belt tells Tommaso that 
maybe Dream's just not tough enough for a match with Tommaso Ciampa, which, of course, is uh, an excellent diss on Velveteen Dream, who, uh, as his uh, alter ego, Patrick Clark, was part of the uh, last, hopefully last forever, tough enough season. uh, Really? that, That aired, yeah. Tough Enough has this hilarious, it's its own amazing topic all on its own about how all of the winners of Tough Enough have never really gone on to have careers. Right. It's all of the people who got kicked off of Tough Enough who ended up coming back and having long <laughs> careers. Uh, Interesting. Velveteen Dream being one of them. Uh, and In fact, there are several people from that particular season that are currently still in WWE, but not the person who won it, whose name I can't even remember. That's That sounds like uh, American Idol. Is that what happens? Like, the people who don't win end up having pretty good careers, and the winners kind of just flounder off? A little bit, kind of. Except for um, Kelly Clarkson and, I don't maybe Carrie Underwood. She might have won. But other than that... Yeah. Yeah. There was that Ruben guy. Didn't he win? Yes, but Clay Aiken came in second, and he's the one you know. He's the far much bigger (laughs) career. Uh, So... uh, Dream says that he's more than man enough. In fact, he's more man than Champa can handle, which was uh, both uh, uh, an angry but also somewhat seductive line that he delivered to the champion. <laughs> I think he was walking the line on that one a little bit. That's kind of Dream's way. Yeah, that's how he does things. He wants yeah. a title match. But before yes. anything could be resolved, Nikki Cross interrupts. So crazy. She comes out, and then my favorite thing on this show happened. The crowd started (laughs) chanting triple threat. Like, (laughs) I so wished that would happen. As I'm I'm like, that would be a really good match. (laughs) Yeah, Nikki Nikki did nothing to try to temper the the hopes and dreams of this crowd. Uh, She, in fact, played into it a little bit. But then the crowd started chanting, Nikki knows a secret, which I also found very cute. (laughs) Uh, the, the crowd was really into this beginning. <laughs> yes, they were. Uh, Nikki taunts both Dream and Champa. She hears the title belt say something. Yep. Champa tries to speak, but Nikki slaps the microphone out of his hand. The crowd gasps at this. And then they start chanting for Nikki. And then Nikki goes to speak, but she doesn't pick up the microphone. She just lays down on the mat and speaks yeah. into the mic. What I loved about this too is when she like slapped the microphone away from Tampa, mm-hmm. like you actually saw her start laughing. You know? What I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> like which, it was hilarious. Which 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 works too because it also seems maybe I mean look maybe she was corpsing and started laughing during her uh, during something maybe she wasn't supposed to but even if she did uh, it made it look like she was being playful with a like yes a cat with a ball of yarn or something. <laughs> Uh, Basically. And she says, I know what you did. And uh, she also charges sort of dramatically towards Velveteen Dream, and he begs off, weirded out, and he leaves. Ciampa bends down to pick up the mic, and Nikki kicks it away from him and keeps (sighs) saying, I know. And the crowd starts chanting, she knows. (laughs) And Ciampa clutched his belt and then looked worried to close out the segment. So what did you think of the opening? 
It was phenomenal. It was probably the best opening without an actual wrestling match that they've had in a really long time. Um, but I, I think that the the fact that the crowd was so into it mm-hmm. was so made it so much more interesting. Like it drew you in. Yeah. Um, and I think I think it was smart of them to have Nikki come out mm-hmm. because um, otherwise it was just two dudes talking and like same old same old. But this made it really like. Sp- story like story focused so i kind of enjoyed it (laughs) but now imagine i tried imagining this scenario like you're watching nxt for the first time you know pro wrestling but you you, Mm -hmm. you're unfamiliar with nxt and you see this segment where it starts out very pro wrestling with one guy calling out another guy and they're kind of trash talking each other a little bit and then this short Scottish lady comes out and she's crazy. (laughs) And most of the time is spent with her just standing there and the crowd is chanting for them to have a match. And then she just keeps saying, I know, I know it must feel like to the uninitiated. This must feel like some sort of weird avant-garde style of pro wrestling. That's when you turn to the person who's making you watch it for the first time and go, all right, what the hell? (laughs) What is this? What's going on right now? What did you make me make me watch? And then you have to explain to them the Alistair Black story, and then yep. Nikki Cross was like perched atop the building like Batman, <laughs> and she there's a theory that she maybe saw the whole thing. And then you have to explain to them Nikki Cross, which just takes forever. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but there's more to this later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, more kind of comes of this, uh, but. Oh, sorry, really fast. The one thing I do want to say is that I think this all just solidified that all three of them are actually pretty decent, like, actors from in the wrestling world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they all, like, we, we've we been saying it, but I think, they're, I think that that really showed it. Yes. Uh, the only thing that, the only thing that, I, I mean, maybe this would count as fan service. I don't know. There's one thing that I was kind of hoping would happen, but it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh this has famously been brought up in a video package before. Uh, I think it was maybe about during the Ricochet Velveteen Dream feud, where okay. I do believe Ricochet brought up the tough enough thing. And it was in a video package, and so Ricochet's talking about it. And then they just do like this quick cut to Velveteen Dream, who's staring at the camera perturb- looking perturbed. And he says, The dream has no memory of that. <laughs> and it's an awesome delivery. And I was so hoping that it would happen here, like when he brought up the tough enough thing, that he would just say the dream has no memory of that. Maybe that's fan service to like call back on a line like that, but I don't know. I was waiting for it and it didn't happen. Uh, uh, We only had two matches on this show because our main event got a lot of time. So uh, the one match we got that wasn't our main event was... The finest, Kona Reeves, taking on the limitless Keith Lee. And uh, oh. not a great showing here for Kona Reeves. Is it ever a great showing for Kona Reeves? No. Oh, so you know how we talked about before how we f- we feel like he doesn't feel authentic? Yes. As the finest? Uh, again, a little thing I picked up on, and... For some reason, I don't know why I was so zeroed in. Because uh, I had a complaint about this as well with Keith Lee. This all surrounds theme music, uh, believe it or not. So Keith Lee comes out, and I just... Something about... I just think his music is boring and doesn't seem okay. to fit him, and it feels kind of generic to me. Like, I don't think he has good 
music, which I think is essential to uh, the first impressions you get of somebody, uh, especially if you're not familiar with them. And I don't know, just for a dude who's like really giant, but and powerful, but also uh, also very athletic and uh, can do mm-hmm. some flying stuff. I, it feels like he's a special athlete, but his entrance doesn't feel special. It feels very, here's a guy. It doesn't help that his name is Keith Lee, which is not a super sounding name. No, not at all. But I feel like it is compounded on by the relatively unimpressive entrance. That being said, I noticed Kona Reeves music even more, which is not as generic. It's got lyrics and stuff even. Yeah. But here's where it really clicked for me. And I don't know, maybe it's just me being neurotic, but his, he came out and I was listening especially to his music and it, I, I think it's because it reminded me of, like, The Lonely Island. It sounded like The Lonely Island <laughs> was doing his theme song. And they're, like, a, they they kind of do, like, a spoof of hip-hop. Yes. And it just made me think that Kona Reeves is that much more inauthentic as the finest. <laughs> like, he has spoof or, hip-hop music. Or maybe he's in on the joke. Ooh, maybe. Maybe he's a member of The Lonely Island and we just hasn't been revealed yet. <laughs> He's their bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's their bodyguard. Uh, but I'm like, in a way, I'm like, that's kind of perfect, because I feel like he he doesn't feel very authentic, and in this regard, the music totally fits. Uh, but anyway, they had their match. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Keith Lee showed some impressive uh, hops, and uh, Kona Reeves got a few punches in, and then Keith Lee got mad about that, and then hit him with his finishing move and pinned him. It was very fast. Yeah, there was not much to this. Mm-mm. Um, he was impressive, though. I don't think I don't know if I've seen him too much, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, he can he can move really fast." You know who it reminds me of hmm. is um, uh, the movie The Blind Side. <laughs> okay, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm unfamiliar with it, but okay, well, it's a football movie. Sandra Bullock, people love it, um, but that's kind of what it reminds me of because it's about this like like a, a taller. Like, bigger guy but who can like actually you know really what fast. no i think i am familiar with it isn't that the movie where she like adopts the football player or something yeah i do know that movie it's been a long time since i've seen it yeah okay. i watch it on abc family sometimes <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah um well i guess i'm kind of happy that you were impressed by him i was actually worried watching it because so far he hasn't really uh he's had three matches and basically all of them have been like this where uh, a dude will foolishly maneuver him into the corner and then he'll reverse them and then he'll do that big overhand, double-hand slap thingy. And then he'll do this leapfrog, drop-down, drop-kick thing and then he'll do his finishing move. Mm -hmm. And that's basically all he's done. Right. And as somebody who's watched him do a lot more, it is a... I am waiting kind of... I'm I'm not quite there yet, but I am sort of wondering when they're going to do something with him with somebody who he can actually do something with. Like when they're going to let him do his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm worried if you do it, I'm worried if you do it for too long like this, that people are just going to get a little bored with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. If he keeps this up, like, I can't watch the same match again. Like, I thought it was impressive the first time, but like, like, I've really seen him. But the next time I'm going to be like, all right. 
Yeah. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. This is his third NXT TV match, and they've all been almost exactly like this. I think part of it, too, is that I just I just don't like Kona Reeves. So, like, that doesn't kinda, help. Yeah. It doesn't help. Uh, we got another hype segment for the NXT Championship match, Women's Championship match at Evolution. Yep, yep. Uh, more uh, focusing on Shayna, and I love the story they're telling here because it's the it's the classic uh, the bad guy feels like they have validation or uh, justification uh, mm-hmm. for how they feel about something. In this case, it uh, ties to the the finish of the match where Shayna lost the championship. Uh, because it was her finishing move that was reversed on her. Uh, It was not Kyrie hitting her move on Shayna and beating her with it. So Shayna can say from her perspective that Kyrie never really beat me. I beat myself. That's on me. But she didn't win. I lost. I beat myself. She didn't beat me. Uh, I love it. Basically boiling down her win to a mistake on Shayna's part, not... Kyrie, which of course you could easily also argue the other way around that Kyrie was just thinking on her feet and reversed, you know, knew a counter to the move and countered it and pinned her. It works really good both ways. Uh, and that's the (laughs) people are, I'm sure people are gonna, uh, you know, for me, I, I don't know if people have heard about the build that they're doing for the Nikki Bella Ronda Rousey match. I was just listening to the uh, a podcast review of Raw this morning. I think I was wait, listening wait, wait. to it. It's just going to be the two of them. Yeah, they're having a singles match mm. for the Raw Women's Championship. Oh Lord! And I mean, it sounds like it sounds like the promo Ronda cut on her was heated, and uh, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, fans were eating it up. But it is not my kind of buildup. Uh, this is my kind of buildup. This is the sort of stuff I like to see. Uh, for for title matches, things like this, uh, they don't really have a whole lot to go on because I feel like the Ronda Nikki story was sort of lazily and quickly thrown together. Yeah, uh, like they just showed up one week and they were friends with Ronda, and then a couple weeks later they turned on her, and that's the story. There's really nothing to <laughs> really draw from. There, so right. uh, but this Kyrie Shayna story has been going on for a while since last year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it started at the May Young Classic Finals, and it's been uh, they've had matches back and forth on TV, and there's actually been there's a history behind these two. Uh, so yes. after the Shayna package, they went to Kyrie, who in her broken English gave a an interview where. Uh, she said things like "ahoy" and "I will win" and "bye." <laughs> uh, I actually, Ahoy. I actually find it very uh, in, enduring. Like I, from any other people, I would be like, "This is a bad promo." But for somebody who's only really been trying to learn English for about a like a year, yeah, uh, it's really not that bad. And they no. keep they keep it they keep the messages very simple. Uh, and she gets a lot of. Cr- so, mm-hmm. and I, and so as, as I've said many times, I'm not a big Kyrie Sane fan. Yeah. I don't like her, but I do like this feud. Oh yeah. It's good. It's real good. So, yeah. So I like, I don't know. 
I don't know where I don't know if I'd like Shayna without Kyrie. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, so, yeah, they, yeah. They work really good together. They're like they do. A, they're like a, a good mix. Yes. Uh, backstage, William Regal is questioned about the ongoing Alistair Black investigation. Regal declined to comment on any remaining suspects, but he did say that he would like to speak to Nikki Cross. Mm. Cassius Ono confronted Regal in front of his door and asked Regal about the uh, the whereabouts of his shiny new toy that recently arrived to NXT. Uh, mm-hmm. They, you know, you know what's weird is, um, in a way, this actually for mega nerds like me, it does kind of make sense, uh, because mega nerds like me know that um, Regal is one of the people who actually goes out to independent events and scouts or looks at people that you know does evaluations on people that they're looking at. And really, yeah, Cassius Ono is talking about, uh, we've mentioned this before, but he's talking about Matt Riddle, who is one of the most recent signings to NXT and right. Regal undoubtedly scouted him at like a PWG show or something like that. Um, although sure. Riddle's, Riddle's been, they've been looking at him for a few years, but, uh, the fact that he calls him his shiny new toy kind of plays into that. If you know that Regal goes out and does the evaluations and recommendations about who they should sign uh, and things like that. So it does kind of play into that a little bit. That's pretty cool. Uh, They bickered for a few moments. Regal went into his office. Ono found himself face to face with a smirking Nikki cross. He told Ono that she knows what he did. And Ono looks bothered and concerned by the allegations. So she has said that she knows what Champa did and what Dream did and uh-huh. what Cassius did. Are they in it together? Are they in it together? Are they in it together with Regal? Are oh. they not in it together and only one of them attacked Alistair Black and the other two did other things that no one's even been discussing? Probably. Things that flew under the radar because of this whole Alistair Black investigation. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that one. You know, so part of me is wondering if it'll end up being Ono. Uh, Because a lot of people think it might be Johnny Gargano. uh, Because Regal hasn't really had a chance to question him. And, of course, it would seal his... his Turn. Yeah, his turn. His path to the dark side. However, Cassius Ono has also been in this situation where Regal has repeatedly said, oh, don't worry, you've been vouched for, or whatever it is. He's like, uh, you know, you." I, he said it to him again here, like, I already know you're innocent. That sort of thing. Uh, mm. Which feels like he sort of presumed his innocence. So maybe that's why right. he, maybe that's why he's the one who did it, but we shall see. Mm. Uh, main event, NXT North American Championship. Ricochet defending against Pete Dunne and Adam Cole. Uh, these guys had a long time to do their match. Yes, and, like half the show. <laughs> and it was really crazy. Yep. Uh, they had a really good match. Uh, I think this was near the end. I'm going to guess that this was near the end of their taping block. Because the mm-hmm. crowd tried really hard to stay super into it but ran out of gas several times during this match. 
Yes. Uh, there were many moments in this match where it, it sounded like no one was even in the building. But then they would come <laughs> back to life uh, at points. Uh, there's too many things in here to really mention, but uh, I really appreciated the callback to the uh, Ricochet does a moonsault and gets super kicked out of midair thing. Uh, yes. That Adam Cole did to him, except this time Adam Cole and Pete Dunne did it to him. That was pretty cool. Which means if I were Ricochet, I would stop doing that move around people. Because <laughs> <laughs> they are getting wise to you. Yeah, it's bad. It was bad enough when one person picked up on it, but now two people have picked up on it. <laughs> Whatever you do, stay out of like six man tags in this situation. You're just gonna have like <laughs> three people kicking you in the face at once. Doesn't seem great. <laughs> they they went for what I would call uh, a really ambitious finish here, yes. which uh, saw Pete and Dunn. It... Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Okay, so the finish is Pete Dunn hitting Adam Cole with the bitter end, his finisher, and he goes to lay back first on Adam Cole to cover him, and the ref counts one, and the ref counts two, and before his hand can come down for a three, Ricochet kind of comes out of like off frame I guess Mm -hmm. a little bit and I mean what they eventually show you is that he does a springboard from the apron to the top rope and then does a 450 splash while the referee's hand is coming down for three he he didn't hit it super cleanly it it didn't look bad it didn't look bad but it wasn't perfect uh it felt like it it felt like a guy who was doing a move who in his head was going, oh, crap, I really got to do this quick. Yeah, uh, it, it looked like, like as as they showed you, like, the replay of it, I'm like, oh, like, Pete Dunn and Adam Cole probably should have been a little closer to him. Like, yes. They were too far away. And the timing like, for, like, the ref's hand coming down for the three and Ricochet mm-hmm. landing on Pete Dunn was very close. Uh, and a, a fun fact, uh, referees... In, at least in WWE, are told to treat uh, counts as legitimate, like not okay. like not fake and part of the show. Like if somebody gets hit and they fall down, and a guy covers them, and he's supposed to kick out but doesn't kick out for whatever reason, and this has happened before, the referee is still supposed to count to three because if he doesn't, then you know, yeah. the whole thing looks really weird. Right. Like he just stopped counting. Uh, right. <laughs> so hypothetically speaking, had they had the timing been more off, it's it's possible he, that he could have counted to three and Pete Dunn would have had to have been given the North American championship. But they barely <laughs> squeezed it in. That's why I think this was a really ambitious uh, thing yeah. to do for a finish because it really requires a lot of timing and they just barely squeezed it in. Yes. Uh, so that was impressive. Ricochet pin Pete Dunn. Uh, what did you think of this very long main event? Uh, for the most part, it held my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because they kind of, the three of them do choreograph very well around each other. Yes. Um, so I'll give all three of them that. Um, regardless of what I think of the individuals, but I think that the th- they work well mm-hmm. um, together. Uh, I I just like that like thing with like the stretching of the fingers. Like Ugh. that's where it loses me. I'm like, and not even <laughs> because I think it's painful, but I'm like, this is boring. Like, okay, so I want I, like like move. <laughs> I, I I hear you. I like I don't think it's 
for me, it's not boring. I mean, it's not like exciting, like I'm on the edge of my seat, but it, to me, it's like, um, you know, if, if the mat, if they're telling a story in the match, Mm -hmm. keep done bending people's fingers is akin to like a character moment. Like it's part of who Pete Dunn is. He likes to torture people. And this is not like a flashy wrestling move. He's just going to take your finger and bend it back to your wrist, which by the way, the way he was bending some of these dudes fingers, I don't know how it did not hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like just for fun, I will like take my finger and see how far back I can bend it. And it does not bend back as far as these guys fingers right. do without it starting to hurt. So, <laughs> I don't know if it's just like adrenaline and they're just not really feeling it in the match. So they're just like, go for it. But maybe they're super flexible. Yeah. Or it's, or it's magic. He knows a way to move them around in a way that it doesn't really hurt them, which is possible. But, uh, so yeah, I understand where you're just like, no, give me some more action. But for me, I'm like, it's, it's a good, if you're going to, if you need to slow things down and take a breath, it's right. A, it's a good way to do it without just sitting there with your arm locked around the guy's head or something. It's a mm-hmm. way right. to... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, because the other side of that is that you can't have a half hour ball just like action. And I get that. So... Yeah. Um, I mean, they tried. It is them all just being stunned. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> I mean, they, they, tried to do, they tried to do this straight, like, with just craziness for, you know, like, nonstop. But eventually they did have to... Slow it down Slow a notch. It down. Yeah. Uh, but they, they definitely tried for it. Uh, ultimately, yeah, this was really good. I'm happy that the, the main events are good again. Yes. That was, that was nice. Um, also, I guess um, I should note, I don't know what the plans are going forward, but uh, I think the idea here of having Ricochet pinning Pete Dunn maybe gives an out for Adam Cole to say that he was not pinned and he would still like his one-on-one rematch. Oh, he's going to be such an asshole. <laughs> yeah, like he was he didn't get pinned, which is funny right. because had it not been for Ricochet, he would have been pinned. Have, right. <laughs> which works out really good for him in this case cuz that that helps in the in the assholery. Yeah, oh yeah, character development. That's mm-hmm. what this is all about. Yeah. <laughs> uh I I just realized this is we can't go to questions. We don't have questions this week, so we don't have questions this week. Uh, I so I guess I can. Uh, there is a couple other things we need to to mention, but uh, I guess the first of those is thank you to Adam Tickets. Like every week, sponsoring the show, cinemageekly.com slash Adam Tickets, or click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page. Uh, Jacqueline and I were talking uh, off podcast about mm-hmm. the uh, the possibility of. Uh, viewing NXT UK, which uh, starts tomorrow as we record this. And while we're not positive if we're going to watch it every single week, uh, that we're going to give week number one a shot. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we like it, um, you know, we'll stay in touch with it and, you know, not do full-on reviews of NXT UK, but maybe highlight things that we enjoyed or if we thought it was a good show uh, this particular week. And uh, if it stops becoming a good show, we we will probably stop watching it. Yes. Uh, it's like pilot season for wrestling. 
Yeah. I mean, and it is, <laughs> it is pretty rare to see something mm-hmm. get off the ground from right. from nothing essentially uh and and see what they see what they do with it. Uh so yeah, we are going to do that and see how that goes. Uh, there is a double main event build for next week's show. That's right. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure I know the one that's going on last, but they are billing uh, the Bianca Belair Nikki Cross match as part of the double main event. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm pretty excited for the next episode. I am too. A lot of good stuff. Uh, all right, so head on over to the website to check out the archives of the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Just search for What Comes NXT and hit subscribe. And that way you can hear us come back next week, talk about episode, God, what is it now? 470, it'll be 473 of NXT on the WWE Network with a main event, a, a, a show closing main event for the NXT Tag Team Championship. The Undisputed Era defending against the War Raiders. 